0: Hello knowledge seekers, in this episode of 20 Minute Books, we are diving into the intriguing world of Robert Greene's The Art of Seduction. Greene, a best-selling author acclaimed for his strategic masterpieces like 48 Laws of Power and the 33 Strategies of War and Mastery, effortlessly displays his command over understanding human behavior and psychology. The Art of Seduction is an exploration of the most coveted, yet amoral game of seduction. It probes the nuances of this intriguing art, emphasizing that true seduction begins in the mind. Green adroitly explains strategies to spark interest, disorient the target, evoke desire and kindle emotions leading to a successful seduction. He unveils the secrets of this game, appealing to the crafty and the curious alike, Whether you're looking to master the art of seduction yourself, have an academic interest in landmark seductions in history, or are simply a psychology enthusiast, the art of seduction will seduce you into a world of manipulation, charm, and strategic allure. Join us as we navigate through the intricacies of one of humanity's oldest games, The Art of Seduction An Examination of the Amoral Game and Techniques of Seducers. Introduction Dive into the enchanting world of allure and charm. Derived from the Latin term seduceri, meaning to lead astray, the act of seduction permeates our lives, ingrained in our core being. It's an irresistible yearning to be taken away from the mundanity of our daily existence and launched into an electrifying world of fantasy and opportunity. Remember, seduction is not synonymous with love, but it can certainly pave the way for a more profound, enduring connection. So, how does one weave this spell of seduction? It involves building a sense of anticipation, wrapped in mystery, bound with an irresistible charm. Lessons that we are about to delve into, but a golden rule to bear in mind never let it appear as if you're operating with a hidden agenda or attempting to control. That can sow seeds of distrust and breed resistance. After all, the boundary separating love from hate is often finer than one can imagine. In this mesmerizing journey, you will unravel how the legendary Cleopatra ensnared Caesar with her enchanting charm, why individuals with a paradoxical nature are so incredibly captivating, and that even the seemingly odd act of extracting a perfectly healthy tooth can, in fact, be an act of seduction. Part 1. Enter their world subtly. Avoid showing desperation. A seasoned seducer possesses a deep understanding of the mundane realities of life and uses this knowledge to ignite the spark of desire and fantasy in their quarry. This is not an easy feat and requires an indirect method that kindles the imagination of the target in a favorable manner. The cardinal rule of seduction never seem too desperate. Initially, it's not wise to lay all your cards on the table, revealing your intentions too quickly. The aim is to stay elusive and indirect. A headlong rush into your pursuit can make you appear desperate and insecure. By holding back and not divulging your intentions early, you stand a greater chance at success. Seduction lies in giving your target the illusion that they are the ones making the first move. The key is to subtly draw attention without making the first approach. Take, for example, the tale of the Duke de Lausanne and the Duchesse de Montpensier at Louis XIV's court. The first time the Duchess met the Duke, she found herself captivated by his notorious, charming demeanour. However, in their subsequent encounters, the Duke maintained an air of nonchalance. But as they had a few more meetings, she began enjoying his company and he soon became her confidant. All he had to do was maintain a close proximity and act as a friend. Curiosity piqued, the Duchess began wondering if their friendship could possibly evolve into something more. Why wouldn't the Duke be interested in one of the most charming and noble women in France? The Duke's strategy was unhurried and methodical. He was careful not to express his interest prematurely, ensuring that it was the intrigued Duchess who confessed her feelings first. It wasn't just the duke she sought, she wished for marriage as well. In essence, an effective seducer is like a spider, meticulously crafting a strong and sticky web that remains virtually invisible. Part 2 After igniting curiosity, infuse an element of contradiction. The game of seduction is fundamentally psychological in nature. So how does one captivate the mind of another? seeping into their thoughts until their mind is filled with nothing but you. Initially, you need to pique their interest with your physical appearance or your actions. Once you've grabbed their attention, it's time to deliver mixed signals. We are naturally drawn towards individuals who are enigmatic and mysterious. Your goal is to portray yourself as a paradoxical riddle, a figure of deep introspection and thought. The key lies in insinuating complexity and creating paradoxes. For instance, you could showcase an innocent demeanour but throw in flirty glances now and then. You could display moments of clever humour interspersed with bouts of introversion. Playing with gender roles can also make for an intriguing persona. A man, for example, could embody feminine aspects through clothing or movements, but still incorporate elements of masculinity in the way he talks or the subjects he discusses. Staying somewhat ambiguous and occasionally retracting from the interaction can be an effective move too. This is exactly how Josephine de Beauharnais ensnared the heart of Napoleon Bonaparte, arguably one of France's most illustrious military figures who could have had any woman he desired. Josephine invited him to her frequent social gatherings, showing him exclusive attention despite the throngs of men flocking around her. Once she had kindled his interest, she shifted gears. She started disregarding him turning down his invitations to accompany him on his Italian campaign. This move aggravated Napoleon, but Josephine expertly diffused the situation by writing passionately endearing letters to him. The lesson to remember is this, never be an easy catch. Tease, flirt, but always be ready to take a step back and display self-sufficiency. Part 3. Leverage their insecurities to intensify their desire for you. When do we crave attention and affection the most? Generally, it's when we feel a void in our lives. It's important to remember, you can't seduce someone who feels completely content. So your goal should be to show that you can alleviate your target sense of emptiness or distress. We all experience moments of self-doubt. True, we are adept at masking our insecurities in public, but they remain buried deep within gnawing at us persistently. Falling in love often stems from the belief that the person we are enamored with can fill these existential gaps, whether it be concerns about the future, feeling insecure about our appearance or intelligence, or grappling with a general sense of ennui. This principle isn't just limited to the romantic realm. It applies equally to the spheres of corporate and political seduction, Successful seducers in these fields are able to create an impression that buying a certain product or casting a vote for a particular candidate will enhance your life. Then you need to establish your superiority in a way that your target feels compelled to prove their worth. Cleopatra provides an insightful example of how she used this tactic to seduce Julius Caesar. She subtly wove references about her ancestor Alexander the Great, the unparalleled military genius of his time. Into her conversations. This strategy triggered Caesar's insecurities. These subtle jibes made him question his own military prowess, driving him to prove himself worthy of her. However, it's crucial not to be too harsh while playing with your target's self esteem. Doing so might make him feel undeserving of your love. An effective strategy here would be to initially place your target in the spotlight thereby lowering his defenses. Once he feels comfortable, you can slowly regain control. Now, let's explore the best way to integrate into your target's world. Part four, employ flattery to highlight their most attractive qualities. How do hunters ensnare small birds like the lark? With the use of a mirror, as the lark gets entranced by its own mating dance reflected in the mirror, it becomes oblivious to its surroundings, falling an easy prey. Similarly, you can mesmerize your target, wield a mirror to accentuate their best features. This strategy works because flattery tends to lower our defenses. When someone makes us feel attractive, intelligent, or unique, it serves as a boost to our self esteem. Such an emotional high can be incredibly addictive. Jeanne Poisson, Who later became Marquise de Pompadour, perfectly demonstrated this tactic when she seduced King Louis XV of France and became his mistress in the 18th century. Ever living in the formidable shadow of his predecessor, the flamboyant Sun King, Louis XIV, Louis XV had resigned himself to a life of gambling and hunting, but Poisson encouraged him to believe in his potential. She instilled in him the idea that he could rise above his image as a lethargic, insignificant king. And become a revered and wise man. She orchestrated architectural projects that he could provide guidance on and even constructed a theater where she staged plays, molding him into a connoisseur of the arts. By recognizing and nurturing his latent qualities, she quickly won him over. To achieve a similar effect, you could also mirror your target's demeanor, personality, and preferences. We tend to gravitate towards individuals who mirror our temperament. At our core, we are all narcissists finding people who resonate with our beliefs, tastes, and experiences, absolutely captivating. Part 5. Keep things interesting by being unpredictable and paying attention to the details. Once you've piqued your target's interest, it's time to seize control, stimulate their senses, and keep them on their toes. You can achieve this by displaying unpredictability. The secret lies in offering an element of novelty, suspense, and spontaneity. If you come across as too predictable and mundane, your target will lose interest. We all revel in the thrill of unpredictability. Consider the experience of watching a gripping movie or delving into an engrossing book. We willingly allow the story to guide us through its myriad twists and turns. Such changeability embodies seduction. There are numerous ways to keep your target guessing. All it takes is a dash of creativity. Consider it an engaging challenge. You could take your target to exotic places, switch up your style, or surprise them with unexpected gifts. The most impactful surprises are those that unveil facets of your multifaceted personality. People tend to form snap judgments about others upon first meeting. Since these initial impressions may not reflect your true self, it's crucial to debunk these judgments. Maintaining variation keeps things lively. It's perfectly fine if you initially come off as shy and reserved. You can always disclose a bolder or more adventurous side later on. Another strategy to captivate your target is to incorporate small flourishes to intrigue them and stoke their curiosity. A bit of showiness in your personal appearance can work wonders. A splash of peacocking can certainly be useful. You could capture their attention with your clothing, jewelry, fragrance, or even the ambience created by the decor of your home. Jeanne Poisson serves as an apt example in this regard. She would invite Louis XV to her warmly lit room, donned in enticing perfumes. Her attire would change each time and she would enthrall the king with an array of intriguing trinkets. Part 6. Be prepared to demonstrate your willingness to go above and beyond. The adage, actions speak louder than words, rings especially true in the art of seduction. When the occasion demands, it's crucial to portray yourself as a virtuous individual, someone capable of selfless actions. This will dispel any lingering doubts your target may have about you, paving the way for them to start trusting you wholeheartedly. A case in point is the relationship between Napoleon's sister, Pauline Bonaparte, and Jules de Canouville. Pauline, infamous for her numerous affairs, had never managed to stick with anyone for more than a few weeks. However, the dentist Canouville succeeded in securing her devotion through a display of selflessness. Soon after their acquaintance, Pauline was plagued by an excruciating toothache. Canouville offered to extract the tooth, but she was petrified of the pain. Despite his attempts to reassure her about the simplicity of the procedure, Pauline insisted on a demonstration. Without a moment's hesitation, Canuville rushed to his dentist and had him remove one of his perfectly healthy teeth. This selfless act worked wonders in winning over Pauline's heart. But remember, you don't need to resort to such extreme measures to prove your worth. Be on the lookout for opportunities, and if none arise, don't hesitate to engineer some. There will be instances when your target might need assistance, whether in solving a problem or with a small favor. Never disregard these opportunities, and when you do seize one, make sure you exceed expectations. Your virtuous actions will not go unnoticed, but if they do, subtly draw attention to it without sounding boastful. For this strategy to be effective, you must be aware of your target's needs. Demonstrating physical daring, for instance, will not impress a target who doesn't appreciate such feats. Part 7. Tap into the emotional reservoir of your target's childhood memories. Childhood memories can evoke a spectrum of potent emotions, from warmth and affection to feelings of loss and neglect. Once these emotions resurface, your target becomes more emotionally susceptible to your affections. Indeed, you can leverage your target's past to foster a tighter emotional bond. You may be aware that several of Freud's female patients found themselves falling for him. This wasn't a coincidence, but a consequence of their revisiting childhood memories in his presence, which kindled a profound emotional connection. When Freud explored his patients' memories, particularly those related to their fathers, he would remain impassive yet present. The patients consequently projected intense emotions onto the quiet yet empathetic figure beside them elevating him to a fatherly status. This phenomenon, known as transference, is a potent dynamic in Freudian therapy as it brings to the fore repressed emotions. We all yearn for those halcyon days of childhood, characterized by bliss, freedom, and security. If you can reignite such feelings in your target, it won't be long before they start associating these emotions with you this means they will also transpose various fantasies onto you, encompassing both love and desire. For this to happen, you must serve as a good listener, much like a therapist. Encourage your target to share their childhood stories, urging them to recall memories and gather data about their vulnerabilities and emotional triggers. Meanwhile, strive to maintain your emotional distance from your target's sentimentality. Instead, Listen attentively to both what is spoken and unspoken, and highlight recurring themes. Once you decipher what your target coveted or missed from their childhood or parents, use that insight. You could adopt the role of the caregiver, or figure out ways to cater to your target's deepest needs. They might yearn for protection, discipline, or a sense of direction. It all hinges on attentive listening. Part 8. Ditch any anti-seductive qualities lurking within you. Ever felt an immediate aversion towards someone upon meeting them for the first time? Likely, you've encountered a trait or attribute that's inherently anti-seductive. This reaction offers a valuable lesson for anyone dabbling in the art of seduction. It's critically important in the act of seduction to avoid exposing your own anti-seductive characteristics. Three such traits stand out. Firstly, stinginess is a significant turnoff. Those unable to offer materialistic generosity are likely to lack emotional generosity as well. Skimping on money usually implies a parallel inability to emotionally invest in the process of seduction. What's worse, if you're oblivious to your lack of generosity, you may find yourself appearing grandiose in endeavors that involve minimal expenditure, thus coming across as arrogant. Secondly, the lack of humor. Is a red flag. A deficit of humor signals deeper issues at play. If you exhibit mental or physical rigidity, it suggests that you're resistant to adapting to new circumstances. You'll stick to a handful of fundamental truths and expect others to comply with them too. Moreover, lacking a sense of humor implies an inability to delight in life's adventures. You may also become overly sensitive and incapable of taking any jest in your stride. This trait is profoundly unattractive, signaling insecurity, which is the antithesis of seduction. Thirdly, inattentiveness does you no favors. If you're not in sync with the situation or fail to pick up on subtle cues, it will only breed resentment in the long term, particularly in relationships. Not only is it frustrating, but it also contradicts the essence of seduction, which hinges on attention to detail and specificity. So, keep in mind, if you identify these traits within you, it's crucial to eradicate them. Final summary The primary insight of this book seduction revolves around gaining the control and figuring out the elements that render a person captivating. The real allure lies in psychological tactics that draw in your target's attention. Exhibit confidence, evoke the desired emotions in them, and appeal to your target by aligning with their emotional currents. Remember, subtlety and intrigue are your best assets, and attentiveness to details is key. Regulate your temperament and actions, and above all, never stray from the path of unpredictability.